When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is game day on Gamecock Central Radio. Welcome in, everybody. Emerson Phillips joined by Gamecock Central Insider Wes Mitchell. Wes, good to have you today. Gamecock's opening up the last two games of the regular season here, the first of two non-conference opponents to close out the regular year, and the Wofford Terriers are in town for a 4 o'clock kick today, Wes. Yeah, um, you know, a game that obviously South Carolina um, probably doesn't get everybody excited about, but, but South Carolina needs uh, to get to that eight-win mark and to – sort of continue some positive momentum for the program. Um, I, I think South Carolina fans, even before uh, that game that most people don't want to talk about, that loss to the Citadel, uh, sort of looked at these games and, and get a little bit nervous. But especially after that, I, I think Carolina fans get nervous, and, and rightfully so. You know, you've got a, an FCS team that only has one loss on the year. They're a conference champion, and uh, they run a version of the dreaded triple option. Hmm. So, uh, that, uh, as anybody who's followed football in the state of South Carolina, uh, that whole scheme has a very, very rich history in this state. And, uh, you know, it can be the great equalizer. Um, Carolina hopes that it's not the great equalizer today. Yeah, you just described my feelings to a T about this game, Wes. It makes me nervous. Number one, you know, Wofford has given the Gamecocks problems in years past. And uh, to me, it's just a game that uh, the Gamecocks have – Nothing to gain. They've got everything to lose. Wofford comes in here nine and one. It's a nine and one football team this year. They're only lost by three to Samford several weeks ago. When Wofford is going to get a first round bye in the one AA playoffs when they start in a couple of weeks. So you know, I got to believe this is Wofford's Super Bowl. I think they come in thinking that if they play well, they may have a chance to win, like the Citadel did a couple of years ago. And uh, the game because Wofford runs that option, Wes, it does nothing to prepare. The Gamecocks for Clemson next week. There's going to be a lot of cut blocking on the Gamecock defense. That always presents uh, potential injury problems, and there's just a lot of concerns about this game for me, again, uh, kind of from a fan standpoint. Yeah, I mean, you play these guys, and you're going to get beat up, man. I mean, your your legs are going to be dinged up. They're going to – and it's perfectly you know, it's perfectly legal in the confines of the, the rules right now. You can cut block under certain parameters, and – it's perfectly legal, but you're still going to have guys diving at your feet if you're a defensive lineman. So um, it, it's tough on the guys. And, and like you said, I, um, I, I've i been doing a lot of reading this week and on my Carolina Confidential feature um, brought to you know brought to you by my buddies over there, Herring Insurance uh, in Lexington. Give a little shameless plug to those guys because they do a great job. Uh, Brent Herring's a buddy of mine. Um, I, I tried to break down what it is about the option. Um that makes it so difficult because you always hear about it and you always hear about assignment football, assignment football, read your keys. Uh, so I, I spent some time this week, Emerson, watching. I mean, it's crazy the amount of uh, stuff you can find out there, the resources that are online. And I, I've watched some stuff on the option on YouTube. I read some articles on defending the option. 
And I think the easiest way to explain it, and Muschamp talked about it a bit on Tuesday, is that in a you know in a base defense or really any defensive call, every defensive player generally has two primary responsibilities, and one of them is their responsibility against the pass, and one of them is their responsibility against the run, which is generally you know like a, a certain gap that you have to fit. Well, when you add the option on top of everything, it's like a third thing. That's an entire new layer, basically. So it's not just a new play that you have to learn defensively. It's not a new rule you have to learn. It's literally an entirely new layer of responsibilities on top of your run, your normal running game responsibilities, and your normal passing game responsibilities. So that, especially if you uh, are not used to it, can be absolutely just devastating on a defense, man, because what we always talk about when you're talking about defense, you got to know how to play fast. And to play fast, you've got to be comfortable. So it's very hard to get comfortable doing this in like three days of practice, which is why Muschamp and company have, have been working on this thing just periodically a little bit in the offseason, a little bit in the bye week, just so it's not completely new because if, if it's completely new, then uh, you'd be done on Saturday. You, yeah. you would not be able to stop Yeah, I thought it was interesting that uh, Muschamp said this week that the Gamecocks have worked on the option at several points uh, throughout the season, not just this week, not just the week of the Wofford game. They actually have done some work on it uh, you know, well in advance of the Wofford game because they knew they were going to see it at some point, and he didn't want to install everything the week of the game. He wanted the players to be at least a little bit familiar with what they were going to try to do against Wofford long before this game arrived on this uh, here on Saturday in November. So, you know, Muschamp has had this game in mind for some time, and he's been thinking about it, and he's had the players thinking about it as well. Yeah, and I think it's um, important to remember, Emerson, this time of year, um, the players have Sunday off. Uh, because, you know, as physical as a coach and as physical of a style as Muschamp wants to implement, he also understands that everybody's banged up by this time of the year. So the beginning of the year, those guys actually come right back and practice on Sunday, and they have Monday off, which is your – you have an NCAA-mandated day off that you can use either Sunday or Monday. Um, under Spurrier – Carolina took Sunday off and got right back on the field on Monday. Against Muschamp earlier in the season, they take Sunday off, or, or they go ahead and practice Sunday, I should say, and then they take Monday off, and then it's full head of steam on Tuesday. Well, late in the year when they win, they get Sunday off. So basically to keep your body, you know, rejuvenated. So you basically have, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of the game week to work on your opponent. So you're talking about three days on the field. So um, I, I thought, like you said, that was interesting. Hmm. And a lot of times you'll never hear a coach admit that, Emerson. You know, they're always like, we've been, you know, this week on this opponent. Um, I thought that was kind of refreshing that they admitted installing elements of this and it shows that I think Muschamp understands this and you know he talked a lot about that at this press conference well where when he was in what was it the old South Conference he used to face this thing all the time so there is a base understanding there's probably some college coaches that 
that maybe don't have a background where they've faced this thing, but Muschamp certainly has. And, you know, Lance Thompson uh, being a Citadel grad uh, with ties to the state of South Carolina, uh, South Carolina defensive line coach, I'm sure he's uh, had his experience with this thing as well. Athletically, physically, we know the Gamecocks are superior, but the option is kind of a find-the-football offense, and it's a way that smaller, less physical, and less athletic football teams can compete with bigger and more athletic football teams. So that's what Wofford brings in today. we got a 4 o'clock kickoff. The game will be on the SEC Network alternate channel, Gamecocks 7-3, and three. Wofford coming in 9-1. and one. And, Wes, I thought it was interesting that Muschamp in his press conference this week talked about the importance of preparation, particularly for a game like this against an option team like Wofford. And I'll never forget the line. He said, proper preparation prevents piss-poor performance on Saturday. <laughs> oh, man. You uh, you can tell he said that before. Um, <laughs> that's a lot yeah, of peas. Yeah, that's a lot of peas. Uh, I, yeah, I, I like that line, man, and I, I think that, you know, as much as we talk about the option and the assignments and the keys and all that stuff, um, at the end of the day, it's also about winning those battles, you know, up front. Uh, you can have your assignments correct. You can have, you know, you can read the play correctly. You can get to your spot. But if you get blocked, um, they're going to have a lot of success. So I, I think this game comes down to South Carolina's front defensively. I think Javon Kinlaw right there in the middle, sort of a nose tackle role. He's going to need to have a big game for the Gamecocks. Uh, your guys out there on the edge, uh, like a DJ Wanham, who's already been very, very uh, disruptive all year long, uh, You know, depending on whether he's playing the dive or the quarterback or the pitch, probably going to have a lot of different responsibilities in this game. He's going to have to play in space some. There's a lot of guys up front that I think are going to have to have big games for South Carolina and blowing this thing up because, you know, I, I think the option very much has a snowball effect where – if they get that thing rolling um, on you, then it, it kind of just builds momentum. But if you can force them into negative plays and if the Gamecocks can get some help from their offense, you know, I, I actually watched Spring Valley and their triple option hmm. face uh, Fort Dorchester on Friday night. And Fort Dorchester jumped all over them and sort of, you know, it's the opposite effect. Just like Georgia Tech right down the road, those guys have the chance to upset teams when they have positive things happen early on and they get a little momentum and you start trying to force things on offense and they just grind you down offense, you know, they grind down your defense. Well, the opposite of that is true. If you can score early or even early down, you know, first down, if you can put them behind the chain, option teams hate second and 12. They hate third and eight. I think it's about getting a negative play in one of those three plays, you know, first down, second down, third down. If you can get a negative play in one of the three, then you put them behind schedule. And to me, that's that's what South Carolina's going to have to do from a defensive standpoint if they're going to win this game. Yeah, they have to know their assignments. They have to do all those things. But physically, they need for their athleticism and strength and size to be able to take over. No question. Down at distance will be critical. Wofford does not want to throw the football today. They want to run it. They want 12, 15, 18 play drives. They want to shorten the football game and get it into the fourth quarter with a chance to win. So we're getting ready for South Carolina and Wofford. Four o'clock kick today at Williams, Bryce, Emerson, Phillips, and Wes Mitchell with you here on Gamecock Central's Game Day podcast. Wes, let's talk about the Gamecock D-line. You mentioned uh, Taylor Stallworth and Javon Kinlaw, and both those coming off a good game against Florida. 
and really the Gamecock defensive line as a whole has played very well this year. So the onus will be on them today to stop Wofford. Yeah, and I think, um, man, Javon Kinlaw, this kid, to me, and it's one of my favorite things about covering a team and watching college football is when you can literally like watch a guy as a year goes on improve his game and then get better. I think we're watching Javon Kinlaw become a playmaker right before our very eyes. And, uh, you know, this is a game where, they're, like we said earlier, they're going to try to cut him. They're going to try to um, go low on him, but he's going to have to play tough in there. And, he, you know, he's, he's dealt with the option in, in high school, at least seen it. So, you know, I, I think you're right. Those guys have got to play big for South Carolina. Um, you know, like you said, they don't want to throw the football. If, uh, if they could run it every single time, they would. Now, I, I think the other thing about this scheme that makes it a, a little bit more difficult, Emerson, is, you know, a lot of these option teams are sort of, they've sort of got their base formation, and then they've maybe got one where it's shifted over, um, you know, to one way, and they've got one where it's shifted over to another way. Maybe they've got one where they spread you out a little bit more, more that's more of a goal line. But Wofford, man, they have so many different formations that they'll run this thing out of. Uh, they'll completely, they'll go shotgun with split back. They'll go a pure spread at times with like four wide. Um, they actually will go the opposite of that, and they'll put their two sort of slot backs, a fullback, and then they'll have two tight ends, and they'll use those two tight ends to try to get downfield and hit your linebackers and really just go power run. So I uh, I think that's something that's unique about Walford is that they, have, they throw so many different things at you. So uh, those defensive linemen, I think, man, it's going to be just as much mental as it is physical, and they're going to have to sort of, uh, I guess, kind of like a cornerback almost, where you have to forget a bad play if you get a pass completed on you. Um, Wofford's probably going to get theirs a little bit. You know, they're going to have some nice runs. They're going to they're going to sort of pop some surprises on South Carolina. I think that that front seven just has to keep battling. If you like, I said, if you can get them even on a ten play drive. Because, you know, Walker's going to try to grind this thing out. On a 10-play drive, if you can hit him for a negative play or two just once or twice, then that's going to put South Carolina in a position to succeed and win this game. Offensively, Wes, there's really no secret to the Gamecocks' success this year. When they have been able to establish the run early and get that ground game going, they've won. And when they haven't, they've lost. That's the way it's been this year. Absolutely. And, you know, I uh, – me and Chris Clark do our little breaking down the keys thing every single week on Gamecock Central. And I wrote that while rightfully so, we've been talking about Wofford's offense against South Carolina's defense all week long. Um, naturally, this game to me is about South Carolina's offense. Um, you know, South Carolina's defense is going to show up. They're going to be prepared. They have been all year long. Um, this game is about South Carolina's offense not putting them in a position to lose this game. Uh, to me, the big keys are you can't turn the football over and you need to hit your field goals. Um, those are the two areas that, you know, South Carolina has struggled at times to hit field goals, especially in that 45 to 47, 48, 49 range in there. Early in football games, if South Carolina gets to, I mean, how many first drives this year have they attempted a field goal on the, you know, on the first drive? It seems like it's happened almost every game. Um, they need to hit those when they have opportunities, and uh, they can't turn the football over. I, I looked back at that Louisiana Tech game earlier this year, Emerson. Not that they're an option team, but 
that is sort of the worst case scenario formula or equation is that South Carolina turns the football over, which they did in that game, even though they have it for most of the year. They obviously turned it over last week and they missed field goals. And then Louisiana Tech had an offense that was able to convert third downs and stay on the football field. And South Carolina had very few actual offensive possessions. So when you have limited possessions, you have to be able to score points on those possessions. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if South Carolina just had eight possessions in this game. Yep. So if you're going to only do that, you got to you got to score. You know, ideally you're you're scoring touchdowns, but even if you have to attempt field goals, you need to make them. Um, if they do that, you know they'll be fine. But if they start turning the ball over, missing field goals, then that's going to be we're going to all look up. It's going to be the middle of the third quarter. And it's going to be like fourteen to ten or something, yeah. and everybody in that stadium is going to be nervous as they can be. So I, uh, I think it's about that conceptually. Now, from like an actual how this thing needs to play out standpoint, I think you nailed it. South Carolina needs to just smash Walker with the running game. You know, like just show no mercy, run the ball thirteen times on a thirteen play drive, just to you know, like just to establish the fact that they can run it whenever they want. I think that's the key is to get the sort of, not that you're going to do with the option, but to kind of give them a taste of their own medicine, I think. Um, uh, also, we haven't seen South Carolina use the wide receiver screen game much this year, but I, I think with that size advantage, South Carolina has blocking outside. Um, I think Brian McClendon, the receivers coach, has done an outstanding job coaching the receivers up on blocking this year. That's one of the best blocking South Carolina receiving cores I've ever seen. Um, <clears throat> I think against Walford's defensive scheme, it's very different from Florida, what we saw last week. You know, They're going to be sort of dropped back, similar to South Carolina. They're going to try to keep everything in front, not let anything go over their heads. Against those teams, you got to complete those underneath passes. You can throw the wide receiver screens to the perimeter and then use big guys like Ortre Smith, uh, Brian Edwards, Hayden Hurst on perimeter to just knock those cornerbacks out of the way. So if I'm South Carolina, if I was devising a game plan, it's going to be power run in the middle, and then it's going to be uh, wide receiver screens on the edge, and uh, then if you have some chances to take shots deep or maybe down the seams to Hayden Hurst, maybe you have that opportunity. But right off the bat, power run and screens to the perimeter would be my plan. Senior day today for the Gamecocks, and we found out this week the Gamecock tight end Hayden Hurst, who's a junior, will be honored as part of today's senior day festivities. Wes, looks like he's going pro. He's been a fantastic Gamecock, and he's going to be missed, so a chance for the fans to honor him yeah. today, and we got just a few games left with Hayden Hurst, it looks like. Yeah, and, you know, they um, Hurst was asked about it, and uh, he said he's not ready to announce his intentions. Um, now, I, you know, I personally, personal opinion would be, I'd be shocked if he comes back just based on he's an older guy. He's done about all you can. Um, I think that's where this is headed. But officially, both Muschamp and Hurst are saying that they're not ready to make an announcement. Muschamp said that he asked Hurst to walk with sen- with the seniors. I, I think basically, I, I think it's a respect thing. Uh, not all juniors, you know, really get that opportunity at places to walk with the seniors. Sometimes there's a policy where you have to be an actual senior. Um, so I think that just says something about what Hurst has meant to this program um, as a leader, as a worker. There ain't nobody 
on that team that works harder than Hayden Hurst. So if uh, you know if this is it for him, then I, I think Carolina fans need to wish him well, enjoy these final three games, and then hope he can go be a star in the NFL. But you know, just the the age thing, especially if you're Hayden Hurst, you you know you almost have to go now. Would there be something to be said for him to say, well, these other guys are coming back. Um, should I come back for one, one last ride? Uh, you know, I'm sure that would be appealing to someone like Hayden Hurst, but just logistically, the fact he's already done the MLB thing, the chance to go be one of the top tight ends picked, uh, I, I just think that'd be, that'd be hard to say no to, you know? Yeah, I think Hurst will make a good pro, 6'5", 253, and I'll be surprised if he's back next year and a chance for Gamecock fans to show their love for him today. Hurst will be honored as part of Senior Day activities today for this 4 o'clock kickoff against Wofford on the SEC Network alternate channel. Emerson Phillips and Wes Mitchell with you here on Gamecock Central's Game Day podcast. And before we get to the Gamecock injury report today, wanted to tell you about the Gamecock Central hotline. We want to encourage our listeners and our Gamecock Central folks to call in and get your questions and your comments in for the Clemson Game Day podcast that will be up next Saturday. The number is 803-497-9058. We want you to get involved with Gamecock Central's Game Day podcast, 497-9058. You just call that number, leave us a voicemail, and we will play the recording of your voice on next Saturday's Game Day podcast. So if you got thoughts, questions on the Clemson game, get them in now, 497 497- 9058. We want you to be a part of the Gamecock Central radio podcast. So, Wes, give us the Gamecock injury report today. Yeah, um, you know, relatively healthy as far as the guys that, uh, you know, played last week. Uh, most of them are available. Uh, Shy Smith obviously got hurt here in the game last week against Florida. He is back this week. He is good to go. DJ Smith, who missed last week against Florida after getting hurt against Georgia. He is back. He is good to go. Practice the final two days of the week. The guy that Muschamp sort of seemed iffy about is Jamias Williams. Uh, I don't know necessarily, Emerson, if this is a game Jamias would have played a ton in any way, just based on the scheme. Uh, you know, and he's only on the field at the nickelback. So his reps maybe would have gone down anyway, but uh, he's been banged up. He's got a shoulder issue. Muschamp said he was questionable on Tuesday. He said it's been bothering him throughout the week, but then Muschamp also said he was a uh, tough son of a gun, I think was his exact quote. So sounded like you can't completely rule out Jamias Williams for the game, but uh, we'll see. Like I said, I, I think I think it would be more of maybe an emergency situation potentially um, just because you're not going to use a nickel back a ton, you know, against these guys in the triple option. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how South Carolina defends it. Uh, Jamias is a guy who can make plays for you, so – so I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm a little premature in saying that, but I would say he's more of sort of a like a, a game time decision as far as whether he's going to be good to go today. All right. Yeah. Well, Williams had a good year and he made some big plays last week against Florida after getting banged up. So an important player for the South Carolina defense without question. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if he gets in the ball game. It has much of an impact today. Wes, you know, the fact is the Gamecocks do have plenty to play for today. I said at the start of the podcast that, you know, it feels like the Gamecocks have everything to lose and nothing to gain. But the fact is they're playing for that eighth win of the season today. And every win at this point in the year gets the Gamecocks a better bowl bid, you'd have to believe, at the end of the season. So there's plenty at stake today. Well, who would have really predicted, you know, the possibility of eight wins and you know, the possibility of nine wins if they can pull it up, win this week and then pull an upset. Um, 
I certainly wouldn't have. I, I had this team as a six or seven win team because I, I thought the schedule was more, you know, more difficult than last year. That hasn't necessarily been the case, but at the same time, look at the fact that and we talk about this about every week, I feel like Emerson, but um, so we'll give the, the more brief version, but with the guys South Carolina has lost to be able to say eight wins with a chance at nine against Clemson and another bowl game and probably a better bowl game. Does, does, is anybody going to remember, you know, the day South Carolina beat Wofford in 2017, you know, probably, probably not. It's not going to be like an historic game, but overall, I mean, eight wins, that's, that's nothing for, for South Carolina fans to, you know, to, to be ashamed of. That, that's actually something that they can celebrate and, and, you know, gives them a little, you know, you keep, you want to, you want to feel good going into next week. I, I know scheme wise, there's really what virtually no carryover from facing Walker to facing Clemson. Uh, but at the very least, uh, you still got a little positive momentum if they win today. And they, uh, then they really, I mean, they go into next week with absolutely nothing to lose if, if they can win today. That's exactly right. So uh, we're going to pull out all the stops here on Gamecock Central Radio for coverage of the Clemson game next week. Wes, we appreciate the time today. It's a fun time of year, moving into holiday season and getting ready for the big Carolina-Clemson week and a chance for fans to get down to Williams-Brice and enjoy what should be a good weather day today for this Wofford game. An in-state opponent should be a fun day at Williams-Brice. Yeah, it should be a fun day if, uh, you know, for everybody listening, if the Gamecocks win, it could be a very, very um, annoying day as well. Um, but like I said, to go back, sort of final thought there, Emerson, I, I think that first quarter, South Carolina needs to do everything they can to, to sort of to try to bury this team early. The longer it goes on and the longer that clock runs and the longer this thing is close, then the more that obviously is going to play into Wofford's favor. All right, we got a 4 o'clock kick today for the Gamecocks and the Terriers, 24th meeting all-time between the two schools. Gamecocks have won 16 straight in the series, and Wofford's last win came all the way back in 1917, 100 years ago. Wes, good stuff today. We appreciate your time. Thanks for being with us. All right, thanks, man. Enjoy the game. All right, that's Wes Mitchell, and I'm Emerson Phillips. We thank you for joining us for the Gamecock Central Game Day podcast. Enjoy the ball game, and join us next week for Clemson coverage here on Gamecock Central. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.